Time now for Midweek Media Watch, 23 minutes to 11, and Colin Peacock joins us. Kia ora, Colin. Kia ora. The fire, it's been in every media outlet and some have done a better job than others. <laughs> yeah, I wondered if you'd had fire fatigue by now, particularly as you're up there in Auckland. But um, no, interesting, just uh, the fact that it was right on TVNZ's doorstep made it so interesting. Um, and I guess on that first day, I thought the One News did a great job. They had about four hours to get it together before their six o'clock programme. And really good because it's quite a complicated story with, you know, you've got apart from just the fire and the immediate emergency, you've got all the the streets blocked off, the stuff people need to know about that. Um, The, you know, the potential public health emergency about the toxic smoke and fumes. And then, of course, all that backstory about the convention centre itself and its track record and the potential economic impact. So a lot to do. And they got it all in that first bulletin. And then, of course, this morning... um, Everybody's nightmare, I guess, as a broadcaster, a few minutes to go and they had to evacuate uh, the Hobson Street premises just before, you know, a three hour long live uh, breakfast show. So, uh, yeah, that that would have been a hard one. Um, And in fact, I went back and and had a look um, at how they did it. So they didn't get on air to about 15 minutes after six, but quite remarkable that they did, given that they had to quit the building. And in fact, here's um, here's about a minute or so of what it actually sounded like if if you were um, if you were watching at uh, six in the morning on TV One. This is a critical summit that's now taking place here in Sochi between the presidents of Russia. Good morning, New Zealand. Enjoy breakfast with a fresh cup of my Dilma. What a great way to start your day. Do try it. It is Wednesday, the 23rd of October. Kia ora, it is great to have you with us, Morena. This is breakfast. We have been evacuated from the TVN, uh, TVNZ studios this morning as fire continues to rage at the site of the International Convention Centre in central Auckland with road closures and evacuations in and around the city. We'll have full coverage and updates throughout the morning. Jenny May joins me in our backup studio with John out in the field. So let's get straight to you. Yes, the blaze at Auckland's Sky City Convention Centre is still out of control. More than 100 firefighters have battled the inferno overnight. Mm, where were they? Yeah, it was funny. So they first of all, it was um, the BB. They'd gone to the BBC World feed because they had to put something on. And then yeah, when they got on, they had their their little ad from the sponsor there, which I guess they gave play to on RNZ, which is probably not the right thing to do. Good but, morning, New Zealand. That's right. <laughs> and, and then they were in this little remote studio. So that was Hayley Holt and, and Jenny Mae Clarkson, and uh, you know, completely not swish, just a plain backdrop. You can see the barcode sticker on the back of the terminal in front of them. And but it's great, you know, when they have this improv stuff um, and they have to do it in a hurry and all the slickness of your regular um, show and all those bright colours aren't there, uh, really something. But when they moved out to the reporters out in the locations um, around the fire, I mean really good stuff. Uh, they did so well. They talked to a lot of people, gave people the, the information they need to know. Um, John Campbell was getting around the building to various points as he could, talking to firefighters and officials and it was excellent. But um, just one section of it that I thought showed how difficult it is to improvise, particularly on TV. Uh, the quite upbeat weather guy, uh, Matt McLean, uh, Matty McLean, I think. Yes. Um, yeah, he, he, was, uh, he usually does the weather, but he actually delivered the weather slot out on the street with the pouring rain, uh, and he had to do it without all his graphic tricks and, and just with his phone. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah I, I know. It's it's hard to keep a kind of a regular scheduled programming <laughs> on a morning like this. Um, pretty insane. I, I've got to say, ladies, you're doing a bang-up job in the studio there, in our remote studio. Um, but uh, to be honest, I'd much rather be where you are right now. It is absolutely freezing in Auckland this morning. We've had hail, we've had rain, these really strong winds. There's actually a bit of a, an Arctic cold front sweeping across parts of the country. But I thought, um, you know, it's obviously very focused on Auckland this morning, and rightly so. It's quite a massive event that's happening here this morning. But people like to know what's uh, going on around the country with their weather, so we'll try and uh, deliver the weather to you. We just unfortunately don't have access to graphics. So imagine there's a map <laughs> right here, <laughs> and we'll go through what's happening around the country. Did you watch the rest of it? <laughs> yeah, I did. He did a great job. He, he really was freezing, and it was kind of surreal, actually, to watch him, you know, with the rain pouring down on him, and yet in the backdrop behind him, the smoke rising up from the fire, which had been burning for, you know, for, what, more than 16, 17 hours, something like that. Yeah, it was crazy today, too, Colin, because there was hail, and you would have thought that would have really helped to put the fire up, but it still kept going. Yeah, it kept charging on. I mean, listening to your expert there earlier on, Jeff Thomas, um, you know, explaining quite how that happened because you think just one roof structure in, in one building and yet so much disruption is sweeping all over Auckland. Amazing stuff. But like I say, TV, TVNZ did, did a great job on that breakfast show given that they had upsticks and, and leave their studio. That, that was something else. Hard enough to do on radio when events happen, but in television, another degree of difficulty. But also uh, the news websites, the likes of Stuff and the Herald and so on, um, did really well with their rolling blogs and information people needed to know as well as that, um, that background stuff. Um, but there was the occasional bum note, and this is a bit mean, but um, there's always the chance when you're busking something that something inappropriate or a bit jarring will go to air. And one example I just heard was News Talk ZB had quite good bulletins with good audio of eyewitnesses cut into them. But they do this thing where they also, because they're the same company as the Herald, they're promoting the Herald's um, premium subscriptions during these news bulletins. Um, and so, yeah, one of them, that jarred a bit with the, uh, the eyewitness accounts of the fires in the bulletin. Andrew McMartin has an elevated view. He says it's going to be a tough one for firefighters to deal with. It must be about 15, 20 metres up in the air where they need to get water to, so it will be difficult from that respect as well. I mean, just a huge amount of um, smoke damage to this building as well. Slurring and soiling himself. Liquor store punished for serving drunk man. You can see more at NZ Herald Premium. Now back to Andrew Dickens. <laughs> you got to pay for that? Yeah, I'm just wondering how many <laughs> premium subscriptions they sold during this emergency period of Auckland News by um, promising you more about a story of a man soiling himself pictures. in a bottle store. They probably mm. did. Uh, do you see that uh, story that they had in, uh, was it Sydney, I think, of that woman who um, shamed that other woman? No. Oh, well, you must have a look. It's uh, quite a big story in Australia. Shamed if we saw some pictures of her defecating outside her shop. Uh-huh. And let's hope that's not classed as premium content anyway. It's, it's a- really, it was quite unfortunate, actually, because it looks like there's a bigger story to it. She was jogging and she'd done it several times, but you can imagine how shameful or how shamed she feels, the woman yeah, who did it. I certainly think so. And I mean, it's one of those things that I don't think should be 
broadcast or screened at all, basically, because it's a bit like, you know, someone getting horribly injured. It's a deeply personal and, and moment. And, uh, you know, I don't think that sort of stuff uh, belongs on the screen. Um, but there was actually another um, sort of bum note that I'll, I'll pick on here. Because As when, it were. <laughs> sorry, I wasn't drawing that connection, but yes, indeed. <laughs> Moving on, I must choose my words more carefully. But when, uh, when the breakfast show wasn't on TVNZ, because they were still in that period of trying to get it up and running at six, if you you're watching the, uh, the the AM show on three, the rival network. They were up and running, had their news bulletin, um, and then they Mark Richardson had a bit of a rave about the British and the Brexit and how they're all stupid. And then um, this goes on for a minute, but all three of the co-hosts of the program chime in in a way that I didn't think was quite how they should have done it. Nothing has been confirmed. We don't know if it's true or not. There's just reports out there in the media that there was a, a bloke on top of the roof working yesterday, went for a smoko and left his blowtorch on. And perhaps there's some suggestion that perhaps that's what started the fire. Nothing's been confirmed. Don't know if it's true or not. If it is, I feel for this guy. Yep. What an awful, awful feeling he must be feeling this morning. And through last night, my God. I think that if that is the case, because it was obviously the strong speculation from yesterday, I hope he's getting all the support he needs, because that's not intentional. And we were talking to one of uh, the reporter producers upstairs, and her husband works with him, and he said, you can turn it off, but it's still incredibly hot. So it may have just, he may have legitimately turned it off, and it just has triggered something in the heat. I suppose, in a way, that's a better fire starter than what burnt down, what was it, in, in Paris, the... Oh, Notre Dame. Oh, Notre Dame. the cigarette, wasn't it? The cigarette butts yeah. burn that down, didn't they? Well, that's Paris for you, isn't it? Yeah, yeah but you do. smoking inside. Sounds like talk back. <laughs> well, there's quite a bit going on there. I mean, to be fair to them... Uh, the Herald had, for example, been reporting that it was one worker on a smoko um, and a blowtorch left going. So that that was around and about. But kind of amplifying that speculation, uh, which is something that the, the Fletchers and, and the um, the experts on site were not willing to do at the time, uh, That I think that's a bit dangerous. And when you're doing it in that chit-chat format, then it takes off. So you had Amanda Gillies there saying, oh, yeah, there's someone here in the building whose husband works with these things, and, yeah, they get really hot. Could be that. Isn't, this really isn't helping. And, I mean, if that individual was actually watching the programme, well, you'd hope not. Um, but then, you know, the thing at the end, I mean, comparing it to Notre Dame, uh, then Ryan Bridge there saying, oh, yeah, those French, they smoke and side all the time. No, I mean, look, I mean, seriously, uh, uh, the French forever, you know, burning down their significant buildings because of stray Gaulois. I mean, it doesn't happen every day. It's all getting a bit silly. And the contrast with the TV1 crew getting out there really trying to get the news you could use, the information and, you know, show it in the visual form as well um, with that sort of uh, silly stuff in the studio um, between the three of them eating up time. Uh, yeah, that, that wasn't a good look. And um, like I say, that, that thing about whether it was a worker and a blowtorch that caused it, they weren't the only ones, to, to be fair to them. But, you know, it has been made clear by, you know, people in a position to comment that um, that they're, they're, not, they're not considering Just that at the speculation. moment. Speculation, as, as we said tonight. It's still worth talking about, though, because then the real story comes out, I feel. It, it will, but like the, the guy from Fletcher's and um, the uh, Mr Devlin, uh, the chief fire officer on the scene, were saying, Far too soon to get into that. You secure the site, then you do it. You interview people, and that's when we'll know. There's no hurry for that information. Now, Colin, I believe you've got a brickbat for Paul Henry. Oh yeah, this is um, this is slightly different here. It's um, <laughs> he he. You know how everyone got upset with Winston Peters, or media folk did. Um, because he said that thing about good riddance and then claimed he later didn't really mean it. 
Well, I think people should be just as upset with Paul Henry when it comes to the plight of media works. Um, this is when the Checkpoint program last Friday, the day of that media works announcement, uh, there was a package by Madison Reedy Business Reporter um, that, you know, when MediaWorks wanted out of TV. So they got a comment out of Paul Henry over the phone, and this is what Paul Henry had to say. It's been apparent for years and years, not just to me, but I'm sure to many people. The fact is society has changed, the way we, the way we get news has changed, the way we watch television has changed. In fact, television is, is just an old-fashioned term now. No one talks about television anymore. Paul Henry says it's a wake-up call. Things are changing and television has to change or it will wither and die. And free-to-air television is withering and dying, so it, so it needs to change. That was on RNZ. Yeah, so I guess Paul wasn't saying anything a lot of other people weren't saying about free-to-air television being a sunset industry. And he said a couple of other things too about the, you know, the commercial challenges, which are all logical common sense. But to say, you know, nobody is talking about television anymore, well, that's kind of silly because there's plenty about it. I mean, just a little while ago, reference to that documentary about Megan and Harry produced in the UK, that's going to be rushed on air by TVNZ next Monday. Plenty of people talking about that. It's been in the news for days and days ever since it screened in the UK. And in fact, back in August, I mean, Paul Henry possibly returning to television was itself a story. This is um, the Woman's Weekly that he was sailing his super yacht and pulled in in Rarotonga, where the former Sunday Star Times editor Jonathan Mill now lives and, and, um, and works as a journalist, so he interviewed Paul Henry, who was saying, "Oh, yeah, I've been, I've been in talks with MediaWorks about fronting a show. I don't really know if I want to because I'm only going to do things that I want to do. But, you know, I'm concerned. I haven't ruled it out. So I basically said yes. So they print this big story about, you know, Paul Henry returning to telly. Uh, look out for Paul. Um, so look, clearly there is an appetite for this stuff. People do talk about it. And if I was someone in the industry, I would be annoyed by someone like him, who uh, television was very good to, made him very wealthy, and when it suited him, he walked away from it. You know, now being asked for an opinion and saying, look, the whole thing's on its deathbed and um, in tough luck. And actually... Um, and where's my contract? Uh, well, who, who knows? He, he, you know, but I, I would doubt it. If you're going to say those things, and particularly about a company at, at that moment in its history, I'd be amazed if they wanted to fork out the sort of money that would interest him to bring him back for any particular project. And uh, if you recall, uh, we talked about the Patrick Gower on weed um, documentary uh, two-part thing that MediaWorks promoted so heavily. And uh, Patrick Gower revealed that that had actually been offered to Paul Henry as a Paul Henry project, and that he said, oh, nah. So, um, yeah, if they were really prepared to pay through the nose to bring back a guy who has dismissed the entire medium and, uh, you know, that particular company is, you know, withering away and dying and in need of change. Well, bringing back Paul Henry isn't change, is it? So uh, I doubt we're going to see that. And Colin, just getting back to the firefighters who are still out there tonight on the streets, um, it was very timely. Well, timely is the wrong word, but it, it was kind of weird that there was a documentary on, on well, it was part of the Sunday show, wasn't there, on firefighters? Yeah, this was just on Sunday. It was really, really good. It's John Hudson, who's been around a long time, makes great stuff. 
And uh, I, I learned a lot from that that I didn't know. Um, so, yeah, coincidental that it should screen right then. But the workload of firefighters had increased because uh, they're now sort of first responders. They have to deal with um, with uh, heart attacks and so on, even you know children with illnesses. So they have to do a lot of uh, recovery that they haven't had to do before, which is which is really changing their job. Um, a lot of them, there's increased rates of cancer of former firefighters and even serving ones and instances of suicides and mental health and so on. Even the, the really senior old school hard case fire officers, they interviewed a couple in the program are saying, look, I've gone and got counselling, the younger ones see that we do, we're, you know, we're, we're working through this. And it really is, uh, it, was, it was a fascinating uh, account of what it was like to be a firefighter, the things that might be coming for them down the track and how they deal with it. It was beautifully shot too, uh, lovely put together. And this is the sort of thing, a lot of people would have watched that in prime time, the last remaining real old trad old school current affairs show still on telly I think and um, you know that's the sort of thing we will miss and I think people who watched that and there would have been hundreds of thousands that did uh, would have had that in the back of their minds like I did when uh, we saw what happened on, on Tuesday in central Auckland and just finally, we've got a minute or so, but uh, I, I love the little story that you picked out from the UK about David Cameron's memoir, <laughs> that somebody went into the bookstore and changed the, the dust jackets. Yeah, this was sort of triggered by Jacinda Ardern's uh, first of two apparently unauthorised biographies. There's going to be another one next year. But when Cameron's one came out, there was a lot of anger because, of course, this guy kick-started the Brexit process. But yeah, someone's put fake book jackets all over them in London bookstores. So the back of it now says... Women wanted him, men wanted to be him, animals feared him. He had the world at, this, at his feet, but he threw it all away over a bitter rivalry that began at the urinals of Eton College 40 years ago. This isn't so much a book as a blueprint of how to completely destroy a country written by a tired man with a face like a satellite dish made entirely of ham. <laughs> Who did that? Uh, it's so no, professionally done. Nobody knows, but it looks like the legit uh, cover of, of, of the actual production. And it's got the quotes on the back where usually there's a political historian or some uh, former politician or grandee saying, great book, buy it, couldn't put it down or whatever. But the quotes on the back are, for instance... Um, you know, Andy Murray, the tennis player, saying it's a poorly written romp. And um, it's pronounced hilarious by pliers from Chakademas and Pliers, the sort of Jamaican reggae DJ duo. So you don't often see those endorsing the political biographies of former prime ministers of the UK. <laughs> Better than a Banksy, I reckon. <laughs> yeah, it is. But yeah, check, out, check it out on your Facebook page or the Midweek Media Watch page on the Midweek uh, Media Watch section of the RNZ website. Thanks so much, Colin. No Talk worries. in a couple of weeks. I'll be there.